0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. A lamb for a
1: house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. And this morning, I want to talk a little while about share the lamb. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence Thank you for your spirit among your people. Thank you for being our Passover Lamb. Bless today and anoint your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Please be seated. Of course, this is a um, this is a as, an aspect of uh, the Passover when the firstborn of egypt died in their beds but the children of israel protected by the blood of the lamb were spared from that horrible event it genuinely happened in the in the beginning of the exodus of of israel from slavery into the land of promise but it became much more. It became symbolic of what we celebrate at Easter. For Jesus is our Passover lamb. And it is His blood, it is His blood upon the doorposts and lintels of our house, of our hearts, that protects us from death and gives us life everlasting. Amen. Now, the Passover for Israel was its seminal event. The Passover changed everything. Before the Passover, they were only a family, then a race of slaves. But after the Passover, they would be a nation. It was the touchstone of their relationship with God, the foundation of their understanding of God's plan for them. Before the Passover, He was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But after, He would forever be the God who brought us out of Egypt. Before, He was the God of the patriarch. After, he would be the God who delivered each and every one of them from death itself. The Passover, of course, would be the key to unlock the coming new covenant. Before he was called anything else, Jesus walked past John the Baptist to hear him call out, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And the blood on the crossbeam and the doorpost would be the blood of Christ, forever available to deliver us from spiritual and even physical death. You see, the Passover is the watershed, the turning point, the fork in the road that every individual must come to And decide whether to have the blood applied. Or to live life without that shelter and that protection. And the Passover was all about the lamb. The nine prior plagues. Water turned to blood. Frogs, lice, flies. Pestilence of their livestock. Boils, hail, locusts. Darkness. They all led, they all were precursor to that tenth and final liberating plague, the killing of every household's firstborn child. All the events of the glorious deliverance from Egypt, the marching out, the fire from God that burned in the night and stood between them and, And Egypt's army. The east wind that blew and opened the sea. The flight through the miraculous pathway. Through that ocean. The drowning of Pharaoh and his army. It all began with the Lamb. Passover could not happen without the Lamb. Deliverance could not have come without the Lamb. The Lamb Began it all. The entire Passover is filled with symbolism. There's, there's over and over again. God working in a prescribed way. A carefully designed way. A way that had been settled long before the event. That would wreck Egypt. Shatter its economy. Destroy its army. Open it up to weakness and failure only because God was going to bring his children out regardless of the cost to Pharaoh and his nation. But nowhere is symbolism more ripe than in the aspects tied to the lamb. God was very specific about this lamb. It wasn't to be done haphazardly, without care, without forethought. No, no. You had to do it God's way. It isn't up to us to decide how to approach the Lamb. It isn't us to decide what it means to know Him and walk with Him. It's God's way. He has carefully designed the plan. There had to be one for each household. One lamb. There's not two or three different ways. There's only one lamb. Only one way. That lamb had to be male. It had to be less than one year old. It could have no imperfection. It had to be sacrificed on the 14th day of the month. Its blood must be placed on the lintel. The crossbeam and the side posts of every door that led into their home. There could be no going in and there could be no coming out except through the blood. It had to be placed there with the hyssop branch upon which was modeled the candelabra, which was a symbol of the Spirit of God. You can't have the blood unless you have the Spirit. It can only be applied to your life through the Holy Ghost. It could not be boiled, nor baked, nor even fried. I don't get that. But it had To be roasted with fire. And they must eat it. Preparing to leave. They had to have their shoes on. They had to have their clothes on. They had to have their hat on their head. And their walking stick in their hand. Because when you partake of the Lamb, you never know at what moment the skies will split. And He will come calling for His children with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but maybe the most important symbol of the lamb at the Passover was they had to consume it all. They had to eat it all. There couldn't be any left for a doggy bag. You couldn't slip the, the, the leftovers in the refrigerator You couldn't put it in a cooler to carry with you on the way to the promised land. You had to consume it all. Church is not a smorgasbord. Church is not a cafeteria. The salvation that God offers us is not a pick what you like and ignore the rest. You have to consume it all. It consumes your life. It changes your ways. Your worldview is forever altered. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. There's worship. There's praise. There's prayer. And there's holiness and you can't leave off any of it. You have to consume it all. I want to say again, it's Jesus in view here. They could not have known that, of course. That what they were doing would foreshadow what every saint of God from the cross onward would do. That it would show us the way of approach to the Lamb of God forever and ever and ever. But it's Jesus in view. Let me quote a preacher. His name was Melito. He pastored in the city of Sardis in, modern, in what is now modern day Turkey. Less than 50 years After the death of the last of the 12 disciples. He is preaching on the Passover. And here's what he says. The law is old. But the gospel is new. The type was for a time. But grace is forever. The Passover lamb was corruptible. But the Lord is incorruptible. He was crushed as a lamb, but he resurrected as God. For although he was led to sacrifice as a sheep, he was no sheep. And although he was as a lamb without voice, yet indeed he was not a lamb. For there was once a type, but now the reality has happened. The commandment was grace, the type was a reality, the lamb was a son, the sheep was a man, and the man was God. For the one who was born as son, and led to the slaughter as a lamb, and sacrificed as a sheep, and a man rose up from the dead as God since he is both God and man he is everything I said he is everything In that he judges, he is law. In that he teaches, he is gospel. In that he saves, he is grace. In that he begets, he is father. In that he is begotten, he is son. And in that he suffers, he is sheep. In that he's buried, he is man. But in that he is resurrected, he is God. This is Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever ever amen 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 oh hallelujah makes you want to be sitting on the pews at sardis in 150 a.d to hear this oneness apostolic preacher preach about the lamb in all of this symbolism in all of these commandments A lamb, a male of the first year without spot or blemish. A lamb that had to be roasted by fire. One for every household. All of the restrictions about the lamb that it all must be consumed. Every contingency was provided for. Everyone... Was thought of. Every situation was covered. No matter where you're coming from, there's room for you at the cross. Doesn't matter what your family's like, there is a lamb for you. (laughs) Doesn't matter what you've been through or what you're going through. The lamb of God is available to whosoever will let him come. The Lamb of God is for everyone. One of the the interesting uh, aspects of the commandments about the Lamb is what I read to you is my text. Every contingency. If the household be too little for the Lamb, if you don't have enough in your house to eat the whole Lamb, I mean, there had to be homes perhaps a newly married couple, whose parents were gone, and they were the entire family, just two people. Couldn't eat a whole lamb. Or maybe they have a little baby. Can't eat a whole lot of lamb. Have to kind of puree it and, and, and slip it in, the, the bottle of milk. I don't know. But, but surely two or three, a, a mom, dad, a child, maybe even two children, they couldn't eat a whole lamb. So what do we do? You've got to consume it all. So God made provision. If you're too little for the lamb, the solution is simple. You share the lamb. You get your neighbors. The Bible even says start with your next-door neighbor. And get everybody together. If you're too little for the Lamb, there's only one solution. And that is to share the Lamb. Well, folks, I want to tell you something. We're all too little for the Lamb. There's nobody here big enough for His grace. Needy enough for His mercy. There's no one here sinful enough to take all of his forgiveness. Besides, God whips up a new batch of mercy every morning. He never runs low on mercy. None of us here are too sick for his healing power. Nobody here is too much in disappointment and pain for the balm of Gilead. is too big for every family here for every individual here you'll never catch him short you'll never reach the end of his power you'll never get to the place where he cannot take care of your need and have 12 baskets left over You all of us are too little for the lamb too little too little for the lamb so the only solution for everybody here is we got to find somebody that we can share the lamb with somebody else that's hurting somebody else that's hungry somebody else that needs help and when we do we can share that lamb we can consume him if we share him Jesus is too big to keep to ourselves he's too big to confine him into this beautiful auditorium he's too big for your house or my house I don't care if you live in a tent or a mansion. He's too big to fit inside your walls. So we go to our neighbors and we say, I have something that I want to share with you. I've got the answer for your problems. I want to share the land with you. We see this. Acted out in the very earliest glimpses we have of the New Covenant, of the New Testament. We first see John, brother of, 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 uh, of James, and Andrew, brother of Simon Peter, standing as disciples of John the Baptist. They've already left Galilee, at least temporarily. And they're standing on the banks of the Jordan River. And they are conversing with their mentor, John the Baptist. And Jesus walks by. And John says, look, the Lamb of God that taketh away the... Now, these two young men, that was enough for them. They loved John, but they left him standing there. And they fell in behind Jesus and were following him. And the Bible says that Jesus turned and said, what are you looking for? And and I know they didn't mean this, but it's the first thing that came to mind. You know, they were kind of startled when Jesus turned around and said, what do you want? And they said, "Uh, well, we'd like to see where you're staying. So Jesus took them home with him. And they spent the rest of the day with him. And when they left there, they had something to share. And Andrew... Goes to Simon Peter, his brother, and he testifies, We have found the Messiah. Oh, hallelujah. John, no doubt, goes to James, although we don't have the record of it. They start with the closest, they build with their families, but they don't stop there. After Andrew wins Simon Peter to Jesus, the Bible says he goes to a family friend from the same little town, maybe their next-door neighbor. His name is Philip. And he says, Philip, we found the Messiah. And Philip goes and meets Jesus. And he too realizes, this is too big for me. I've got to share the Lamb. He goes to a friend whose name is Nathaniel. Now, I, I want you to know something. I love the humanity of, of the Bible. It, it, it tells, it tells, it shows us better. People that are real, with all their warts and all of their wounds, I had to run in with a with a, a, a dryer elbow, metal. My wife had me fixing the dryer vent. Y'all never had to do that. And it had an elbow going through the floor. And I was up on the ladder. And dumb as a post, I reached up and touched it while I was looking up at it. And I wish I could tell you I was climbing a mountain or something. But it was just an elbow. The Bible shows people in their weakness, their mistakes, their stupidity. And I don't like that word. You shouldn't use that word. But you know what? Philip, I love Philip. He's my favorite disciple. He's more, he's, I I like him more than Peter or James, John, Andrew, any of them. I like Philip because I identify with Philip. Philip was not the brightest bulb in the pack, the sharpest knife in the drawer. He didn't always get it. I mean, you, you remember the time that, that, that Jesus was teaching and some Greek folks came and they happened upon Philip. They knew he was a disciple. And they said, Lord, they said, we would see Jesus. And, and, and Philip kind of, I can just see him, kind of. So he goes to Andrew. Andrew's his mentor. Andrew brought him to the Lord. He turns to Andrew, and he says, these guys over here want, want to meet Jesus. And Andrew said, well, let's go get them and bring them to Jesus. And I'm sorry, I just know what went through Philip's mind. He thought, why didn't I think of that? We see another glimpse of Philip when Jesus, <laughs> when Jesus is preparing his disciples for the crucifixion and the resurrection, and he's doing it in a simple way, he's telling them, I'm God. And he culminates his teaching by saying, When you've you know the father, you 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 know the father, you have seen the father, and the father is with you. and and Philip's hand goes up and Jesus says yes Philip and now now we can can talk about Philip all we want but I'm so glad he asked this question because we might have missed it too and I gotta believe the 11 of the others that they got happy he asked it because it probably would have went right over their heads too but Philip says Lord I must have missed church that day when when we saw the Father. Show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. (laughs) And Jesus said, Philip, I love this because he makes it clear. There's no question. There's no debate. He said, Philip, have I been so long with you and you don't know who I am? When you've seen me, you have seen the Father! Yeah, criticize all you want that he needed it run around the corral another time. But thank God for it because when you read that, you know that Melito was right. He was man, but he was God. He was crucified as man, but he rose again as God forever. Now, I only said all of that to tell you Nathaniel is the absolute opposite of Philip. Nathaniel is a sophisticate. Nathaniel is probably, for the time, highly educated. Nathaniel has a bright mind. And Philip is no match for Nathaniel. But he goes to share the lamb anyway. And he walks up to his friend Nathaniel, and he says, We have found him! Jesus of Nazareth! The Messiah! The promised one! How come smart people are so cold? What is that? Nathanael throws a, a, a wet blanket over Philip's enthusiasm. He doesn't deal with the real issue. He he just he quips off a a, a, a one liner. Huh. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? It was a parable. It, it was a it was it was, I don't know, you pick. I'm from Mississippi, so I'll pick Mississippi. Can anything good, anything worthwhile come out of Mississippi? Well, there's maybe a few of us. But to Nathaniel, he was dismissing the enthusiasm and excitement of his friend, Philip, a little bit, you know, not dumb or stupid or anything like that, but, you know, just not the swiftest. You know what I'm saying? And he's kind of throwing off on it in a way that he kind of thinks might even be above Philip's head. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? But Philip is undaunted. He's not insulted. He doesn't get defensive. He said, tell you what, Nathaniel, come and see. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to debate with you. I'm not going to try to convince you. But you got nothing to lose. So why don't you come and meet Jesus? Why don't you come and try it out? If it doesn't work for you, you there is a sin back guarantee with Jesus. If it doesn't work for you, you can have your heartache back. You can have your disappointment back. You can have your pain back. You can have all your sin back. There's nothing to lose. But friend, why? What if he is who he says he is? What if he is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world? You can lose your pain. You can lose your disappointment. You can lose your heartache and your sin. So why not? Why not? Come and see. And to his everlasting credit, Nathaniel shucked his cool veneer and he goes and meets Jesus. And as he's walking up to Jesus, Jesus said, Behold an Israelite in whom is no guile. There is nothing here. He's a little bit of a smart aleck. But at least he tells the truth as he sees it. And Nathaniel says, How do you know me? And Jesus said, Before you saw me, Before Philip even came to you, I saw you sitting under that tree. And Nathaniel said the King of Israel, my Lord, my God. And Jesus said, you ain't seen nothing yet. If that impresses you, come follow me and I'll show you a life that you never thought possible. I'm saying here to you today, if you need Him, today is your day. Come and see. Come and see. Would you stand with, All I'm saying is simply this. What you and I have a hold of here today is what the world so desperately needs. Cataclysm is coming. Catastrophe is on its way. I cannot frame all of its details, but one cannot read the word of God without recognizing that our world is on a collision course with trouble and heartache and death on a titanic scale. We can't get away from it, the pictures of it. Brother Borders, you and I have lived long enough to see a day where we couldn't get a hold of how some of the things described in the Bible for the future could happen. How could there be a number attached to every human being? How how could it control buying and selling even between individuals? How how could there be one man located in one place and yet seen and heard by every human being on the planet? How, How could that be? Now, we didn't predate radio or television. Don't get that idea. But we did satellite television global broadcasts that could reach every square inch of this planet. They did not exist. There was no cashless society in view. There were barely credit cards when I was a teenager. I mean, there there was no online banking because there was no online. But now we see. It's in place. The mechanics are there. The technology exists. Now we see how the things of Scripture could come to pass. For those who lived prior to the atomic age, the idea of one... John didn't know what to call it. But what he described sounds like a missile with fire in its tail and the power to hurt in its head that would wipe out billions They couldn't conceive of it. But now we can. We can see it. And let me tell you, we are so close. We are so close. As far as I can tell in Scripture, the next sound is a trumpet. And the next voice is that of an archangel. It's here. It's even at the door. Death is coming. Trouble is coming. Sorrow is coming. Persecution and tribulation, they're on their way. My friend, you want, you want the door covered with the blood of the Lamb. For it went into the homes without the blood and it took the firstborn but it could not pass over the threshold of those homes with the blood. We must consume this lamb and we're too little to do it. So it is time to get everybody we can and get them in that house with the blood over the door and consume the lamb of God consume the Lamb of God. They would come to, to the instruments, please. Let me tell you something. The only way to know if any of this is true, if you're here today, I just want to be logical. With you, is to come and see. I mean, there's just no other way. You, you don't know me. You... you you don't know whether I'm crazy or not. You don't know if Brother Borders has just been influenced by people and what he's preaching is, is not so. You don't know that, not for sure. Now you can look at him and tell him tell he's not crazy. You can listen to him and tell he's he's highly intelligent, well educated, blah blah, but you know y- y- there's only one way to know. Come over to our house. You can sit at our table. You're welcome. Mutton is on the menu for tonight. Roasted with fire. We had one lamb. It was of the first year. Without spot or blemish. A male. (laughs) And we roasted him. Caught his blood. You'll see it when you come through the door. It surrounds us. And when you sit down, we've got plenty. In fact, we're still looking for folks to join us for dinner because we've got plenty. We're too, all, we're too little for this land. So come sit down with us and help us. Share with us the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of then you'll know this man preaches truth. You'll know this church stands for a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. You'll know it works. And it works for everybody. Saint of God, we need to share the Lamb. It needs to be our commitment in 2022. We are in a foot race with the rapture. And what we do now echoes in all eternity. It's time to reach them and get them in the house. Come, let's share the Lamb. Let's share the Lamb. But before we can share Him, we must have Him. So it is time to make our calling and our election sure. So whoever you are today, whether you've been in this church for 50 years, or maybe you came in last week, or maybe you're still like Nathaniel. You haven't met him yet. Then I invite you this morning, we're sharing the Lamb today. We've got got plenty for everybody. If you need a healing, He's the healer. If there's trouble in your family, He's the peacemaker. If you have children that are wayward, he's the God of the prodigal son, the father standing at the gate, beckoning him home. (laughs) If 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 it's financial issues, he's the God that makes a way where there is no way. He's a God big enough to take care of every need. So whatever that need is today, I invite you. To just step out doesn't mean anything, doesn't mean you're a bad person, doesn't mean you're a big sinner. It doesn't mean anything except I want the Lamb. I want, I want to share in the Lamb's grace and the Lamb's goodness and the Lamb's kindness. I want the Spirit of God. I want the blood on the doorposts of my house. I want the Lamb. I want Him at work in me and in mine. In Jesus' name, let's come. Let's gather everyone that would. You you don't have to be a member here. You You don't have to be Pentecostal. You don't have to be Christian. You don't even have to be religious. But if you feel a tug at your heartstrings, let's gather in together before we go home and spend some time in prayer today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Let's lift our hands and our voices and let's begin to praise Him from the bottom of our heart. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. I tell you, would you reach out to someone right there beside you and maybe put a hand on their shoulder or if appropriate, take them by the hand and let's share the Lamb. Let's share together in His presence right now. Let's pray with someone If there's someone near you that has no one to pray for them, pull them into your circle. Let's have everyone praying with someone. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Jesus. We thank you, Savior. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Thank you, Lord.
0: You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.